Namaste and welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast where we are exploring the mystical in the mundane and the magic in the present moment, bringing you ancient tools and technologies into modern day living, yoga, mythic, and healing conversations with expert and visionary powerhouses sharing their stories and secrets with you to help you live an inspired life. My name is Kilkenny, the host of the Modern Mystic Podcast, and today I am thrilled to be having a conversation with the effulgent and inspiring best-selling author, Callista, to the podcast. Callista is an award-winning Scottish author, speaker, and pioneer of spiritual ascension. As a former cancer research scientist, She blends the seen and unseen realms into her certified modalities, angel healing and unicorn healing. With students in over 70 countries, Callista has inspired thousands of people's souls to heal and empower their life. Callista wrote the first book to profile who the Archaea are in the best-selling The Female Archangels and its upcoming Oracle deck and is passionate about evolving the awareness of magic and miracles on Earth. Her other title includes Unicorn Rising and the soon-to-be-published Celestial Unicorn Tarot. Callista has dedicated her life to helping others to embody their divinity and believes by empowering our life, we help all of creation to thrive. Callista, welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast. Oh, it's so good to be here, Kilkenny. Thank you for inviting me into this space. Oh, well, it's so wonderful to have you and our listeners are just going to get such a juicy deep dive. So let's begin. I'm so excited to hear your answer to the question I ask all my guests, which is what does it mean to you to be a modern mystic? Oh, that's such a good question. I love that you ask everybody the same question and I'm sure you get some wonderful answers. For me, it is how we can blend technology and reach so many people. We were never able to do this even 50 years ago. Like, look how much we have progressed. And often in the spiritual world, we can almost like demonize technology in its way that it diverts and distracts us from our path but actually if we use it and we bring it into our practice we realize that we can actually reach and support and empower and actually come together as one human family it's actually just such a wonderful gift so I think to be a modern day mystic is to use all of the tools that we have from technology and just continue that path of remembering the who and the what that we are. That is really, really so inspiring. And I love it because just before I had this interview set up to record, I was waiting for you to come on and I was doing a little prayer and centering. And what was on my mind was doing more offerings online or doing more offerings in person, because that's been very much up in the air for me. And it's just so perfect because I was almost like contemplating the same thing. And it is so beautiful and important to think about the who and the why. I usually don't go into so much personal detail so quickly, but earlier this morning, it just seems so serendipitous. I was talking to my best friend and we were talking about our work together, our respective works. 
and talking about like how one of the things I like to do is I have like my own personal mission statement with my work and how I look at it every day. I repeat it to myself every day at the gym even, always thinking about who I'm serving with the work. And that's what is my fuel. It's so beautiful how you express the importance of technology because I think it's so true. Like often it is looked upon as less than, right? Yeah. But actually, if we can just share and just shift our perspective on that, we can understand how much it's connecting all of us. That's it. Well, and it's such an aspect in the yoga tradition, which is my lineage and what I was raised, that the energy and things in this universe that connect us all to our simultaneous oneness are really associated with the divine feminine energy. In the Indian and yoga traditions, it's called Shakti. And whenever I think about technology and any time I start to have any kind of negative twist in my mind about it, like an alignment, of course, like you're saying, but any kind of residual, oh, it's less than, I'll be like, no, wait, it's it's actually the Shakti. It's that divine feminine energy connecting all of us. And you've articulated that so beautifully. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, and you you do that so well on social media and we'll get into it, but your unicorn course and you are such a complete goddess on her throne in the land of technology and it's so beautiful to see and that's how I came to know you and your work and then your books and all that so I love that yeah I was just going to say I like the fact that you said throne because this is something that keeps repeating is the fact that I really believe that we're all sitting upon thrones we're all sitting on our own space in our own empire of divinity but some of us are just asleep but yet we're all still sitting there we're all sovereign beings of such divine magnificence if only we could oh just open to that just even a little bit we would bring such growth and change to this beautiful world I love that analogy of sitting on a throne because I I, I see that often with people I'm very passionate about helping people to remember by awakening their magic I always feel like magic is such a a doorway not ritualistic magic, but understanding that magic is really who that we are, the what that we are. And when we start to open up to the awareness of magic in the natural world, for example, we begin to awaken from that sleepy slumber that we're on in our throne, then the world really does become magical. Mm. So fabulous. It's true. I love how you put it. Magic is really who and what we are. And like you said, most people, a lot of people, you know, walk around their lives and you might be one of them listening and that's okay. Like it's normal. It's part of our collective karma, if you will, as humans to be quote unquote asleep in this life. And then part of why I call this podcast Modern Mystic, the mystic is about waking up that process of becoming awake to your own life and your own magic. So I love how you put that. Thank you. Well, according to a poll by CBS News, nearly 8 in 10 Americans believe in angels. And I started to research that because of your book, because you cite this in your book, just mm-hmm. so fabulous. And half of Britons believe they have a guardian angel designated to them and only them. And nearly half of all those aforementioned people don't assign angels to any religious doctrine. I love that punctuating point. So this belief and connection to angels and that angelic realm 
is becoming more and more quote unquote mainstream, if you will, and widely recognized. And I think it's really extra notable that many folks that aren't associated with a particular religion still believe in angels. So this is your area of expertise. And I know you've been working with the angelic realm and with spirit guides for a long time. And I'm wondering if you could please speak to this trend in your personal experience and also to why you think things are trending this way. Yeah. Again, technology is definitely helping and, you know, everybody is sharing their wisdom and expressing through videos and audios and podcasts and books, of course, are continuing to be the way that we spread our teachings and our wisdom. But I think when we went through, for example, the pandemic, I think a lot of people turned to spirituality and they turned to their angels and they began to really assess their life and just begin to raise their head from their nine to five, you know, mundane physical only existence to realize like, okay, there's actually so much more. The book that you referenced there, The Female Archangels, it was supposed to come out way, way before it actually was released. But the angels in their divine wisdom, they always they always kind of see a couple of steps ahead of us, don't they? They kept saying to me, no, that's going to be fine. And the book actually released the first day of lockdown here in the UK. There was such divine synchronicity of that. In fact, it was more than synchronicity. It was absolutely meant because people were in their house and they were forced to really look at themselves and begin to read more and begin to explore more. I definitely saw a big surge in people wanting to connect with their angels. And I was really, really busy through the lockdown taking angel healing which up until the point of the pandemic was just an in-person course. We hadn't brought it online. Then we brought it online and it became so popular and we've been able to graduate and take people through their training degrees in most of the continents around the world. I don't know this the, the number of how many practitioners, but there has been so, so many. And that wouldn't have happened otherwise. So I think even though all of these world events happen and we can look at the negative there's actually there's reasons and the angels have always maintained that such things like the pandemic for example was supposed to happen and there will be more and it's helping people to waken up and to realize that there is all this unseen help not just in the angels but dragons and unicorns and the fae and the mermaids and their own of course divinity and their multi-dimensional self So I think that's why we're seeing such an increase in people turning to their angels and spirituality. But of course, as well, the consciousness of the planet is raising. And just by that very circumstance, everybody is, who are ready in a way, are switching on, they're coming online, if you like. And then I think a natural pathway is when an individual goes through their spiritual awakening is to realise, okay, I want to connect with my guides now. I want to connect with my angels. It seems to be like a natural stepping stone, don't you think? Mm, Totally. That's a beautiful way to put it. And I think you're right. It becomes an impulse that I've seen a lot of students and clients and people of mine just start to gradually say, yeah, wait, there's a whole collective team that I've heard about and thought was impossible or even shunned 
And then all of a sudden they're like, get curious. Hey, maybe that, uh, that's really possible. And then when they put their big toe in, right, that's when all of these helpers in the unseen realm, I mean, you just have to take the littlest movement forward towards them. And then they, they rush in, don't you think? Yeah. And you get all the signs and the synchronicities and you'll have these conversations and, you know, people will drop something in and they'll talk about angels and, or you'll see the most random coincidences will happen. And, but you know, we know, your listeners know that that's all meant. But when you're going through those first months or days or even years of spiritual awakening, it really is miraculous. Like miracles are your everyday experience. I really believe that, I'm sure you're the same, you know, our guides and our angels, they will provide the confirmation and the proof that we need to establish that foundation of trust. You know, I've seen that time and time again with students and practitioners or people that just read the book and have written to me because I say in the book, please test the angels, test your guides. They want you to trust in them and they're more than willing to give you all this information or the signs or the reflections in your reality to say, okay, look, I'm here, I'm actually real, I'm, I'm right there with you. And it's wonderful to receive those emails and just see people literally light up because once you open to the world of spirit and angels what else is possible like everything everything begins to open up and life gets really colorful and juicy and yeah a lot more fulfilling than just the the physical only perspective so true so true and i love just for listeners to recap you know this whole idea that don't just take our words for it here like Calista said, ass, you know, I always say that to my students and clients, like, don't, don't take my word for it. Test the universe, test the universe, because they will show up for you. Recently, I had a student client, you know, she was really for a long time, just a, such a naysayer. And she has all this, like, I'm, I'm an astrologer too. And she has all this earth in her chart. I look at people's, you know, birth natal charts and she's all this Virgo and Capricorn. And she's just like, no, 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 <laughs> you know? And I said, well, test them, ask them for, you know, something concrete. Like she's like, well, I want it in like metal or something. Like I want it, you know, it would have to be like in, and she kept, she just said a couple of times metal. And then the next week she's like, I can't believe it. And I said, what? And then she tells me these two different things that were so clearly meant for her. One of them were her initials in driver's license plates. <laughs> and I said, see, they'll, 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 you know, give them some parameters. And they came, they came to her. And I mean, you know, and then another word that she had been meditating on it, the, the same thing. So it's just as people test them, they will, they will show up for you if you ask politely and sweetly, but they will, if you, even if you give them some strictures. <laughs> I love your history and background. And maybe please, if you could speak a little bit about it too, because for people listening, particularly anyone who felt like an naysayer on the fence or just, you know, incredulous, which is normal and natural, you are a scientist. And I love and find fascinating reading about your journey, how you used to be a scientist for your work and career. And as an adult, I love learning about science. And it's so clear to me now when I study scientific things, how they're so connected to the spiritual world. As a child, I was not interested in science. So as I school and I'm, my kids are learning, I feel like almost like I'm a newbie learning science with them. And they always laugh like, mom, you didn't know that? Because I just tuned out during science class, I guess, when I was a kid. And all of the time, I'm like, well, it's so obvious to me. Science 
is so spiritual. And they, to me, they seem so hand in hand. But then I have friends I talk about with this who are, you know, we're scientists and they're like, are you kidding me? Scientists do not think like that. So I love for you to tell us, please, a little bit about your backstory and how you came to be a spiritual teacher and guide having started professionally as a cancer research scientist. Yeah, sure. It's funny because I went from being really aware and open as a child to being asleep to then being open again. <laughs> I guess we all do that anyway, you know, as we go through the life death cycle, graduation. This is what I call it with the angels is graduation. No death, just we graduate from life. But Oh, I love that. I've never <laughs> heard that. That's so graduate from life. That is yeah. fabulous. That's the best thing I've heard all month. Oh, I love it. I'll keep it really brief, but I just want to say I was born into a family of healers. They were either midwives or there were spiritual healers and mediums. And so that was really like the mainstay. And there wasn't many men folk in, in my life. It was just really strong, independent females. Like that was my template. And I had my first angel experience when I was six. So I remember seeing my guardian angel at my grand's house. My mum was a single parent and I stayed at my grand's a lot and our house was haunted. As I grew up, I came to realise that other people had heard and saw the spirit of a man, but he used to come into my room a lot, I guess, because I was bright and shiny like most kids are and was just very aware, but I was so scared. And I remember asking for help, for, for something to come and protect me. And I remember seeing this beautiful big light coming from the, the bottom of the bedroom on the right hand side and it came closer and closer and then enveloped me and my dog <laughs> as he was lying cuddled into me in this beautiful luminous light. And it helped me just go to sleep and just in a moment, in a flash, all that anxiety, all that fear that I was feeling and the awareness of that spirit of the man in my room just went. It was incredible. Mm. I heard a lot of people say that when their first angel experience, it's like just being enveloped in pure love, pure peace, pure comfort. And oh, I just get the tingles even just speaking about that. And then long story short, yeah, I grew up and went more into the academic side and sort of, sh I, I was always still aware, but I shut down those gifts a lot for various reasons and went into cancer research scientist, got a degree in medical biotechnology, loved science, really loved stem cell research, which now is huge. But back then, you know, studying in the early 2000s, late 1990s, it was really primitive, but I loved it. And anyway, I went into cancer research science and worked for one of the biggest biotech companies, and really thought I was doing a good job, you know, helping people. And But I saw some really horrible stuff in, in that world. I think we all know. I'm not putting down the pharmaceutical world. You know, there's a lot of pharmaceuticals really do help and support people. But I saw a lot of corruption, a lot of commercialization of health and really just wanted to get away from that field. And remember looking up some evening classes and a course in Reiki just popped out off the screen when I was looking at different choices and I thought oh no idea what this is but I just I feel a calling I feel I felt a pull which I know now was my intuition but back then I didn't really know and began to study Reiki went through my degrees in 10 months 
and studied more traditional path of Reiki and found that I could help another person achieve such peace and balance and transformations in that hour session more than I could, you know, wearing a lab coat, doing all these tests and everything was sort of put in perspective. And I left science round about 2006 and began creating holistic skincare and teaching Reiki and had started getting clients and everything like that and began to meditate and I met the angels. That's really when I brought the angels back into my reality in a big way and became a student of Archangel Raphael and Michael. And then the Archaea began to come in. And that's when my life really changed because it was like, who is the Archaea? The divine female angels. I had no idea who these angels were. And I thought they were goddess energy like Sekhmet or Bast or Art, you know. But they weren't. They were different. They had different vibration. They came from heaven. They didn't come from the ascended master realm, goddess realm. They were much different. And yeah, that's when I really thought I know nothing about angels and I could not there was nothing in books about the female angelics either so I just everything that I've written about has been through experience Mm, yeah well it's perfect because I wanted to talk about that next and so you beautifully segued into it but first I just want to honor and thank you for sharing your story and what a radical 180 you know life's journey (laughs) and turn that was and then you go from the you know lab techo to then seek angels and so i wanted to ask you and then let's get into please the female archaea but first i just for the listeners to clarify too like when you say because there are lots of people who believe in angels right but then in my experience in my work then there's much smaller amount of people who feel that they're like seeing angels or connecting to angels in that kind of way Mm -hmm. and so how does that come to you would you mind sharing that please like when as an adult Sure. How do I interact and see them? Yeah. Like, is it through meditation? Like, I have lots of experiences through meditation. Is it some people see or play a visual and see them? You know, so how is it for you? Would you mind describing? It's a variety of ways. When I saw them, when I was younger, it was vision and clear cognizance. So impressions of them, if I didn't see them physically in our environment, as I'm looking to this plant right now, my windowsill, it was in visual impressions were dropped within my awareness but as I began to meditate with them more and I still do I connect with them a lot through uh, channeled writing and much of the book actually was written in that way just Mm -hmm. and letting that angel become we we merged and became as one so yeah I, I do a lot of conscious channeling in that way but I've seen them before, especially in times of real crisis, where I've literally said, you know, it's almost like God bless them and their patience. I've I've said to them many times, you know, how could if you're real, because we we still, of course, get those moments of crisis, no matter how long we've been on this path. And I think if people don't admit to that, then they're they're lying because on this path of ascension, we know we're on it because life does get hard because we have to, we have to keep going out of our comfort zone. Do you believe that too? I love that. It's so true. I call it the karmic fast lane. I'm like, okay, yeah. right. I'm on the karmic highway. Yep. Thank so you. <laughs> when the stuff's going on. <laughs> so there's been times in my life where I've 
literally said, you know, I'm going to give this all up. I guess almost like having a temper tantrum. I remember one time when the absolute love of my life exited my life and the way he exited was really, really traumatic. And I remember being so caught up by the experience and I said, look, if you're real, I really need to see you. Like I need to physically... 100%, not just an outline or a colour or a flash or an orb. I need to see you. (laughs) And I remember, God, I feel like such a child even saying that, Kilkenny. But I remember turning around and on my right-hand side again, they seem to always come in on the right. The form of Michael began to come in, like really step in from the side Mm. of my room. Just the waves of emotion and the the waves of comfort, but he was there and he came in with such power to say, right, enough is enough. I am here. You know that I'm here. I'm showing you. That's so powerful. It's so normalizing. Like you say, if people don't admit, and even as a teacher and a guide of people, you know, if you're, I totally agree with you. Like if you're not showing up and saying, hey, I have hard times. I act really limited at times. That's so important with people we're learning in a community with and that's how we grow and that's and it's so true i feel like you don't have to trust all of the time like for people who are listening who may be like you know i believe in angels but i you know that back and forth vacillation but i feel like it's almost like baseball which i'm not like a huge sports fan but i always think about this if you're over 50 percent in your energy you know like if you're over 50 percent, supposedly like that's a good game right if you're batting and hitting the ball more than 50% of the time. So it's just like I think about like moving towards the possibility of the belief that's felt. I I feel like if it's like over 50% of the time, you know, and I love how you said, and it's so so brave and real and empowering to people to hear. Like this is a person who you're like, you know, an expert and an author, but that you would have moments of times that like I need proof or I doubt or, you know, whatever it is. Right, because we're human sure. and we're still experiencing all this karma, and and that's it. The reason they're here is to help us learn and move through that, and they want to do that. So in those times of hardship, mm-hmm. to ask ask for their help and and that proof is important. And then the other thing I want to say too is, I think that your work is so important, and I was always encouraging people in my world who I'm working with. Also, try not to wait for the crisis, though. Do the work when you're not in the crisis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get to know your angels now. If you're listening and you're not in a crisis, perfect timing. Get to know your spirit team. You'll listen more to Calista's wisdom and what we talk about today. And then even more so, you have that foundation when you're in a crisis or going through a hard time that they're really there. Because I'm sure yeah. that's why you know he showed up for you. Because you had a relationship with him <laughs> yeah, in that way. Yeah. And you know what? I was saying this. So I had the first in-person talk in, what, a couple of years in London a couple of weeks ago. Oh, it's so and exciting. Was, oh, it was wonderful. The One of the biggest Mind Body Spirit festivals, just getting back together with everybody and everybody was hugging. It just felt so good. But I was doing a talk on the female angelics because it's still relatively unknown for so many people. And I said to the audience, okay, hands up, who knows or has connected with Archangel Michael? And of course, most of them, probably 98% put their hand up. And I said, but that, that you've established that relationship. You, How many times have you connected with him, called on him, worked with him, meditated with him, 
devoted something to him, you know, sat in his energy. You've established that relationship. Now, imagine because we work with 34 different angels and angel healing, the system that I teach. I said, mm-hmm. imagine having that rapport with 34 angels. All mm. have different qualities, different teachings, different virtues that you can, once you continue to meet and merge with this angel, you can become the embodiment of that temple, of faith, of mercy, of compassion, of purity, not just the strength of Michael, but all of these other qualities. Can you imagine that? And the energy in that room completely shifted because everybody just opened their heart and they were like, of Mm. course, there is so much more. Heaven just isn't something that's there. I remember sitting in the office of Hay House, my first publisher, years ago, and they said, you know, what can be written about angels that hasn't been written before? And I said, how naive are you? You're supposed to be the most spiritual publisher out there. And I love them and I, you know, have respect for them, but I'm not with them anymore for that. That's one of the main reasons because there's so much more. How can we be so narrow-minded? There's a constant evolution with angels, with heaven. I think that's part of Going back to your question about a modern day mystic, I think we have to stay out of our ego and realize that the less that we know, the the better, (laughs) because then we're open in our belief system. We're not a slave to a belief system that's then limiting our life and limiting our perspective. So, so profound and really important. I love so many things you said as you're speaking to that they call in Buddhism, the Buddha mind, right? Open sky, sky mind, that idea of you know when you actually don't know and the more you think you don't know is when you start to actually know that you're knowing something (laughs) you know and like you said it's such a reflection don't you think of the patriarchal dominated worldview that's reflected in every facet of life including spirituality mysticism your work is so important you know help really birthing this age this new paradigm of aquarius where energies of masculine and feminine within each person, within each paradigm, and within, you know, hopefully, I, I believe every facet of society will be equally honored. You do that so beautifully in your book. Can you talk, please, about the idea of these female archaea who revealed themselves to you? And it seems to me the way you wrote about it, at least, and I'd love to hear more detail for our listeners, but each really archangel, if you will, has two aspects to themselves. And the aspects that a lot of listeners will be familiar with is the divine masculine aspect, you know, Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, Archangel Michael, Archangel Jeremiel, Michael, Metatron. So would you mind please speaking about that, how they're two sides of the coin and their counterparts that are feminine? Yeah, that's a really good a good uh, example. Like a coin, if we think about a coin, it has two sides, but ultimately it's one entity. And it's the same thing with an angel. An angel doesn't have sex or gender. It has an expression that can relate to the beings that that angel is connecting with. So when angels are focusing their attention on earth and they're relating to human beings we have this polarity within us no matter the gender we assign to or identify with a female and a masculine polarity so they express themselves equally masculine 
and feminine, but ultimately they are unified being. They are neither, but they have this expression to better relate to us. Now, for so long, it was just the masculine aspect of the vibration that was being expressed, that we were feeling and writing about and illustrating and artwork. It was mainly the masculine, I guess, because we're in that patriarchal Piscean age for so long. Mm-hmm. And the masculine was deemed as more important than the female, the feminine energy. But because we we transitioned in, I know a lot of people talk about 2012, we made through that transition, but from the perspective of the Archaea, they began to shine their light from universal ascension, the ascension of the universe that we're in and the multiverse, to Earth from 2011. So that's when they made the shift anyway to the Aquarian age and began to come to many light workers and healers. And if you look back at the angel decks, female forms, female angels were beginning to come through. I loved, I was just in my element when I saw that and people weren't talking about it. In fact, there's still not a deck out there that talks about the female angelics. There will be very soon though, in October, the female archangel oracle will be out. Um, yay yay six years in the making for that deck so the female the archaea of course has always been there so every time somebody has invited archangel michael to support them michael's twin if you like his counterpart archaea faith has been present but when we realize that okay we can actually open up solely to the feminine to understand what Archaea Faith can reflect to us, because that's all the angels are doing. They are merely a reflection of our true potential. So when we're in the midst of Archaea Faith, she really does hold that template up for faith, compassion and action, being a vessel of compassion in our life when the going gets tough, but also when life is super easy. Can we be compassionate with ourselves and others? This is what she helps with. She also helps of course, with protection, because she's still the angel of protection with Michael. But instead of giving us almost like a spiritual band-aid of cutting the cords of fear like Michael does, she'll come in and she'll go, okay, Kilkenny or Callista, instead of cutting yourself from this person or this fear or this circumstance, can you open to it? Mm. open your heart to it can you invite the fear in can you invite that person that's really annoying you actually into your field and say okay I love you I honor you I honor this teaching this lesson that's coming up between us I ask your higher self to come in let's have a discussion here let's get out of our ego and open our heart to what's happening here and so in this way faith helps us to move through fear rather than actually feeling like we need to cut ourselves off because therefore we're just cutting ourselves off from the teaching, from the learning, from the growth that comes from really embracing when we're challenged. And that's the feminine right there. She is bold. She is open. She is, ah, she's just, everything comes into her. Everything comes into her space. There is no separation when we work with her. Mm. Oh, I got the chills when you spoke of that. And just like you're saying, um, yeah, the feminine is that receptive 
and in the receptivity, completely powerful and like a badass. Yeah. And it's so true. Like so often in our society, it's, you know, as you're speaking to my Archangel Michael, okay, protection, protection, protection. Because often as a society collectively, I think that it's like, oh, something hurts. Okay, I just want to take my some, you know, me or someone to take a sword and cut it out, cut it away because yeah. it's uncomfortable, right? With the feminine within ourselves can hold space. And in holding space, we're protected through the hardness till we find the way. Could you go through some of the other archangels and archaea? Like if I said a few, would you mind? Because it was so helpful and elucidating. I think our guests would really, listeners, benefit from that. Yeah, of course. So I'll go through like maybe like a little rig around the archangel archaea, and I'll just yeah. say a few I more. Like a little game. Angel <laughs> it's game. like a little game. Angel game. <laughs> so fun. Okay. So let's start with Shamuel. Shamuel. I just want to say every time that they're coming through, especially Archaea Faith, you will feel them because the thing with the Archaea is they're subtle in their vibration, but oh my gosh, when we start to speak about them, we almost merge with them and you can probably feel the vibration of faith in the words that were just spoken. Totally. Um, so I invite Shamuel's other half, Archaea, Charity to come in. And as she's coming in, she's asking us all to open our hearts, even just to take a breath into her heart, like a breath mint. Imagine, you know, when we eat a breath mint, it's like it gives us that almost shock. It opens our mm. airways. So she's asking Love us that. to do that, to open up our heart like it's got this refreshing breath mint and we're opening the front and the back of her heart because she is the angel of you just said it receptivity she's reminded me she's the angel of receptivity and love and she was a little bit of a segue here but she wants me to share it she was actually one of the main overlaying angels of lady nada who was an ascended master in atlantis the golden times of atlantis and really? Nada, I did not know that. Yeah. Lady Nada looked after the Temple of the Law of One, which was all about, we hear about the, the law of attraction and the law of creation and law of polarity and grace. But the law of one actually isn't talked about much, but Archaea Charity can help us because it's all about realizing that we are all part of each other. The law of one defines unity consciousness or do we unify with one another through our heart, only through our open heart? Gorgeous. Thank you. Jophiel. Ah, Jophiel. Jophiel's twin is actually the angel that's overlaying the whole of me, Archaea Clarity. And Clarity, oh, a lot of other angel authors, I'm not saying they've got it wrong, because who am I to say that I'm right here? I can only share the, what's came through direct from Archaea Clarity but a lot of the times she's called Christiel other people call her Archangel Christiel but her name is Christophina if she had a name her name would be Christophina and she helps us to realize what the Christ consciousness is beyond a religious lens so the Christ consciousness is more becoming almost like a human crystal because the word Christ the root of that word is Christ, meaning crystal. So becoming crystalline, becoming multidimensional. That's really what Christ consciousness is all about. Archaea Clarity or Christophina helps us to awaken ourselves 
to becoming crystalline, to becoming super sensitive, super powerful magnifiers of divine light. And Jophiel and Clarity are also the angels of the sun. So anytime we breathe in the sunlight, we are connecting to them. Oh, that's really interesting. I hadn't heard that. That's gorgeous. Thank you so much. Metatron. <laughs> oh. oh, so when he comes in, really big energy, you're probably feeling that in the listeners. Mm-hmm. And he always comes right through my shoulders, almost like these 80s shoulder pads. Feel like he's got on. <laughs> <He's here. laughs> or like an American football player, just really big in the shoulders. <laughs> but his other half, as I'm asking her to come through, it's like the midnight sky. Archaea, mm. oh, Constance, Archaea Constance, who, oh, let's just slow it right down because this is what she's all about. She's all about us taking more time to slow and be aware of the subtlety of magic in and around us at all times. So along with Metatron, they are the angel of ascension. So they help us through realising patterns and sacred geometry and signs in our environment and how can we translate that into something that's purposeful that we can understand that will bring forward insights or clarity to help us in our life and our spiritual path love that Raphael. Raphael's other half is archaea virtue and as she steps forward Oh, again, she's inviting us just to take a nice deep breath. But this time as we breathe in, to breathe in the softest pink. If you can imagine candy floss, like that soft pink light, and just feel yourself being wrapped up in that softness, that comfort, that nurture. She is the universal mother in many respects. She was the guiding force for Mother Mary. And again, a lot of angel authors have written that Archangel Raphael's twin flame is Mother Mary, but they're sort of getting it somewhat right there. So Archaea Virtue was the guiding force of Mother of Mary. That's where the association comes in. But she helps us to forgive. And she always has this message. I've shared this before in podcasts, but we have to say it again because it's really important. So every act of healing involves forgiveness and if forgiveness isn't brought in to an act of healing whether it's healing another in energy medicine hands-on healing or physical healing in the hospital if there's no act of forgiveness then the healing will only be superficial it'll only be on the surface so if you're listening to this and you have something that you want to heal think about who do you need to forgive another person yourself a memory a circumstance the environment in order to really have that to the core resolve happen in your life. So beautiful. And in that forgiveness, so often it is the masculine in our society, right? Meaning that masculine Mm -hmm. that's been fractured in the way of being oppressive and, and those things. So that's so beautiful offering both the feminine and the masculine, which are twin flames in one. Mm, Thank you for that little game. That was fun. That was a fun game. I like that. (laughs) It's like quick fire. They come, they come through so fast, as you know, you know, when you channel. Amazing, right? Amazing. I, I, I love, I love how you talk about them. I love how you write about them. And, and I was wondering, with the vast world of spirit, we've got the angels, but then we have all sorts of other non-physical guides and, and our spirit teams, which every one of us has. 
So with the spirit team, would you be willing to share two to three tips with our listeners as to ways you can check in and access your spirit guides? Like what are your top two or three? Let's put angels to the side and just talk about spirit as in it can be your loved ones. It can be ascended masters. It can be a mentor guide that's coming in for just a short portion of your life. So spirit in general. My tips would be, the first one is something that isn't talked about a lot, but is so important, especially going forward. Why? Because the energy of the earth is raising. Everybody is getting more sensitive. And there is a lot that is releasing from the astral planes right now that poses spirit guides. And again, we're not bringing in fear here, but it's more just to be aware that we have to apply spiritual discernment when it comes to accessing spirit guide guidance and insights. Because a lot of the time I've seen people just accepting, you know, this ascended master or this goddess and or God or deity comes in and they think, well, it's a deity. I'm just going to accept what they say and implement this advice or this action step in my life. But they actually haven't done the due diligence. So my advice would be ask questions. Don't just assume who you're speaking to is actually the true beings because there's a lot of false guides out there. And it's just something to be aware of. Even if you're a seasoned traveler on this path, still ask the questions. And good questions to be would be to the guide that comes in, are you unconditionally positive and loving for my truth and experience? So asking that, are you unconditionally loving and positive for my truth and experience? If the guide says yes, brilliant, you can proceed. If the guide says yes and no, that's also a good thing. That means that they are going to support you. They are loving, unconditionally loving and supportive. But working together will catalyze a change in your life that will help you to either learn, change or grow. And it's needed. It might not be so nice on the surface at a human level, but from your higher self perspective, it's right on. It's really good. It's positive. If the guide says no or there's silence, just end that communication right there. Um, Another question would be to ask your guides, what is our purpose working together? What is our purpose? What do you receive out of our exchange? And I know these questions probably seem a little bit out there, but actually we really need to do our due diligence when it comes to speaking with spirit guides and just be led in the moment intuitively what else you want to ask them. Just like receiving a new friendship in your life you wouldn't just bring home a new friend and invite them to live with you 24 7 you would do your due diligence you would ask questions you would get to know them first so so true and and would you mind sharing too like even before that like how do you teach your students how to begin that connection process that is very important actually isn't it just going back to the basics I always steam full steam ahead and give <laughs> all of this advice. And then I think, okay, let's just go back to the, the beginning steps. So thanks, Kilkenny. Yeah, I would say to the person, if you've never connected with your spirit guides before, realize that you have at any given time at least 11 guardians. And these guardians can come from different walks of life. They can be off the astral realm. 
They can be of the Ascended Master. They can come from heaven. They can be dragon guides, unicorn guides, loved ones. They could be mentors. And also, something that we don't talk about that often, they could also be a future aspect of you, of your multidimensional self. First of all, I would ask, who is my main gatekeeper? So your gatekeeper is your the guide that is responsible for helping to facilitate the communication of all your other guides. Mm-hmm. If you look at them like your your bouncer, your bodyguard. <laughs> totally, that's what I call it, the bouncer, your spiritual yeah. bouncer. <laughs> so first establish a relationship with your gatekeeper guide. Sit down in meditation, make sure you're relaxed, you're not going to be disturbed, there's lots of fresh air. Make sure you're you're you know really in your heart, you're feeling really good, you have no expectations of the meditation. And just go in, open your heart, ask for your main spirit guide to come forward and to step into your awareness in a way that you can trust and also in a way that you can understand. And, Beautiful. Yeah, and then use the questions that we shared before. Gorgeous. So helpful. So helpful. And uh, I love I love your little, it was so cute being a mama like you are, like jumping to like keep yourself safe. You know, it's such a mother thing. Like look both ways and then, <laughs> but you do have to look both ways it. in the spirit realm because, you know, I've had, you know, different uh, mentors of mine talk to me about when I was on my own journey earlier on, like, Kenny, like, how are you, how are you with people? Like, do you give a lot of advice to people or people always coming to you for, you know, advice and support? And I was like, well, yeah. And they're like, well, that's why you have all these spirit. You have to like, just like with people, right? Your boundaries with people are actually similar to your boundaries with, with guides. And I, I learned that. So I love your analogy of, you know, like you said, like you can just invite a random stranger or friend and to live with you, you know, without having some questions. So that was really sweet and important and profound. And then of course, some, some of the, the hacks to do that and and i like to just add it's like adding essential oils to already beautiful crystal because what you said was so gorgeous but um yeah just you know like whenever i work with checking in and meeting guides particularly new ones it's just to think about what raises your vibration you know i think it's important to be alone because other people's vibration in my experience affects things Mm -hmm. and affects your relationship so if you're having intimacy with someone right you focus on the energy you're going to be intimate with. And so being alone is important. And then it could be dancing. It could be eating some really nourishing food, like knowing your own personality and what drops you in even before you close your eyes and then turn to your breath and then do the inner things. I think especially with some people who are newer to this, if you're listening, you know, using the outer world to raise your vibration and then sitting can be really helpful. Singing. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, have a nice cup of cacao. Maybe mm. like half an hour before your meditation, that can be dreamy. Beautiful. Yeah, earth earth grounding. I love that cacao. <laughs> well, I have to talk with you because this is how I interfaced with you first in this lifetime was I started to hear you talk about unicorns and that's one of your expertise. So I have to make sure we get to this because some people here... The, the topic unicorn and you know some people are so in resonance i feel like there's a lot of people who are like in camp unicorn from the day they step foot on <laughs> yeah. this earth right they're just really yeah. identified with unicorns and then there are other people that might be 
you know, incredulous and totally turned off. And if you're one of those people, stay with us. You probably have lots of Taurus, Capricorn, Virgo in your astrological chart. It's okay if you're not in sync with unicorns. But, you know, even if this sounds ridiculous to you, hear me out. Because for me personally, I had been on a really extraordinary journey with this energy. And when I was a child, despite being really extremely a devout yogi, like ridiculously serious for a child and committed to practices. And I had many spiritual experiences of spirit and all sorts of wild experiences when I was a kid. Still, I think if you had asked me how you view unicorns, are they real? As a child, I was so serious. I was not like a normal child in that I would just, I was like, I would have been turned off by unicorns. I would have thought that they, you know, were something in books or kids' toys and not really had taken them seriously as a child. That was like, I think my energy towards unicorns. And so it wasn't literally until I heard you speak and you were teaching about them that piqued my curiosity. And I was like, huh, you know, as this adult, I was like, you know, cause you, you know, we're so brilliant and I could just feel energetically you were so connected. So I did a unicorn meditation after I heard you speak for a while and I was flabbergasted that all these unicorns showed up in my meditation. And obviously they've been here forever. I was like, whoa, you were doing your beautiful Facebook event. And so I checked in with you and and what you were doing every day. And I had this like months of like unicorn energy in my life. And to this day, still, thanks to you. So I was just, yeah, could you extrapolate on your experiences of unicorns, how they came to you, you know, right before the interview, um, my coworker said, did you prepare for the interview today? And I said, well, yeah, I did my 10 minute unicorn meditation. (laughs) (laughs) And and I said, and he's like, tell me another one came. And I was like, actually they did. (laughs) And they had a, you know, a selenite, you know, horn. And, you know, it's because I'm going to talk with Callista. And he's like, oh my God, your job's so much cooler than mine. (laughs) I was like, okay, touche. So yeah, talk to us about, about unicorn consciousness. That's it. Once you open the door to the unicorns, they will stay. They will stay. And the the Rise Like a Unicorn, for the listeners, Rise Like a Unicorn is an annual free retreat that I do every year just to help people to just hang out with these incredible beings. Um, That's what it was. That's what it was. I have no idea, you know, again, the the goddess in the form of technology, like you just appeared in my feed. I hardly ever am on Facebook. And I was just like, huh. And there you were. And that's what it was. Yeah. We had like over 500 people this year taken part of Rise Like a Unicorn. It was awesome. Amazing. Um, you know, it's funny because I was obviously quite a spiritual child. You know, I shared that before, but I never really believed in unicorns, I guess, because I never had the, an experience of them. And I'm literally looking outside at the sky right now and there's a shape of a unicorn in the cloud. <laughs> this is what they do. They're magic. They do. Um, in clouds is one form. I love it. When I left science and began creating natural skincare infused with Reiki and angel energy, I wanted to create all of these mystical soaps. Uh, I had a soap connected with the goddess Sedna of the sea, and it was mermaid energy, a fairy connected with queen Maeve of the fae and I really wanted to have a unicorn soap but I had never connected with unicorns up until this point so I sat down like I did you know back then with a paper and pen I still actually do that and I said okay if I have unicorn guides I'm ready to meet you 
<laughs> and that's the auto, autonomic writing i don't know how well, you use a different phrase but for those listeners just to be clear what did you call that practice i like your terminology uh, channeled writing channeled writing i like that even better but it's that where you you know you i mean you can share and i don't mean to interrupt you but i just wanted to interject where you put your pen down and you can do a prayer or a check-in and you just like set a timer and you just let whatever wants to come through come through and if you don't if nothing if you feel like oh nothing's coming through just start writing like what you see like i see a bird out a window and there is a child chasing a ball and you'll see your pen will just start writing other things or you can use your opposite non-dominant hand if you're not ambidextrous okay keep going yeah so two unicorns came forward one was huge i mean huge and presented as a as a male with armor very much regal and his name is Hethgar and he's a Celtic unicorn and the female on my right was more just gentle very feminine I've always called her princess she's just <laughs> that's just her name <laughs> that's her vibe that's how she rolls and it was Hethgar that was more vocal and more communicative and but before we started to communicate, they touched horns above my head. Like this was all happening in my clear cognizance. So it was kind of seeing it happening, but feeling it as well on a really visceral level. Mm-hmm. And as they connected horns, they created this cascade of diamond rainbow light. And this is the very light that the dim- that their unicorns bring forward, the diamond ray, the source ray, the diamond codes. And they were showering me in this beautiful waterfall of diamond light and it was it was going within me it was around me and I had no idea what they were doing (laughs) it felt really good I now know they were giving me an attunement which is like the core foundation of the unicorn healing program and of course rise like a unicorn and I I truly believe that without the unicorn attunement your experience that you had, Kilkenny, wouldn't have been as strong and everybody else, like the thousands of people that have been part of the unicorn healing system. And it's nothing to do with me. It's the transmission between you, your higher self, your unicorn guides, and Hethgar and my guides. Mm-hmm. It's this exchange, this energetic, and you know, we've talked about achievements with regards to Reiki and things like this, but when we have this achievement with the unicorns, they really do melt and merge with us. So their unicorn horn becomes our third eye horn and they awaken our perspective more than any other being I've ever connected with so far anyway. When we invite in the unicorns, we invite in magic. We invite in possibility. We invite in the courage to just take massive leaps of faith in our life. Mm, I love that so much. Yeah, when I was contemplating this interview too, I was thinking, I feel like obviously unicorns are connected to horses. And, you know, we live in this society where like, we're so encouraged to be the workhorse, to eat even like workhorses and just processed food that they make for horses these days, you know, just so they can work and live, you know, and not really even be eating natural foods. And and I was thinking about that. It really came to me. And yet, and unicorns represent almost full circle, like that magic we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation that is really who we are. But we forget 
to claim that throne that we're sitting on. So beautiful. And I really, I honor and thank you because you really, you led me to them. I was, I was astonished because I have three kids and after I, you know, shared with them, like, they're like, mommy, what are you doing? I'm like, hold on, I'm doing my unicorn meditation, you know? So I come out and I mean, they're used to me. <laughs> so they weren't stunned, but they, you know, they hadn't heard me speak of unicorns ever. They said, well, what happened? I said, well, I, I met these unicorn guys. And both of them, my two younger ones went, oh, well, we want to meet our guides. Cool. So the one got their insight timer and within an hour, they each had their, you know, had connected because, you know, you can go on different meditation apps. If so, for our listeners, you know, you can find one if you feel like you can't do that yourself and they each had met some guides and they knew their names and you know it's just this whole family affair was so sweet and then I wanted to ask you because shortly thereafter I had a energetic being come and I I love how you had articulated earlier it's a visual impression because I think a lot of people think oh well I don't see visions because it doesn't look like as real as this desk in front of me or it doesn't look like this pen that I'm holding but for so many of us, it's an impression. It's not solid what you're seeing. And I think that can be such an important distinction for people. You start to sense first, perhaps, and then maybe like a vague image in your mind. And then if you keep concentrating on it, it can get more and more clear over time. It's like a muscle. And I love that word. You said that. Thank you for that phrase, like a visual impression. You know, so you might just like sense unicorn or have a vague sense of unicorn and it can come slowly. And then over time, if you keep reconnecting, get clearer and clearer for you. And it will develop with them. They're really eager for everybody who is ready and is open to connect with them. You know, the diamond ray that they bring in, of course, there's certain archangels in Archaea that bring in the diamond ray as well, like Metatron and Constance. The unicorns, I mean, that is the power that we need on this planet right now. The joy, the levity, the freedom, the freedom codes that they, just when they're around us, like the freedom, the vibration of freedom that they can bring into a space and to a group of people is immense. It's, I mean, I don't recall ever having an experience of meditation. And when I'm trying to connect with a guide or like, I just came back from Puerto Rico and I don't know if you've heard this term, espiritismo. It's the spiritualism in my understanding is in one tradition in Puerto Rico and they call it your court. So I was thinking how you love throwing and I love that too. It's they say your spirit instead of like, you know, your universal team or your spirit team, they they actually call it your spirit court or they call it your court. So you have that, you know, a court of these guides. Isn't that great? (laughs) And when I started working with the unicorns after hearing you, I, I don't recall ever having like the same, as it was explained to me in Puerto Rico, it's like you have your spirit team, but then even within that team, sometimes you can have a bunch of one type. So for example, say like you have an owl guide, well, you would have a, a bunch of owls, not just one. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't had this experience so strongly when after I had a being come in, which because of you, the unicorn, then I had them pouring into my consciousness, like pouring into my meditations, like just circles and circles of them. And that's, it's so what you're saying makes so much sense to me that you're saying they really want to come in because I had that experience more than any in my whole life of, of one kind of being. And then, so what I wanted to ask you is soon after I met some unicorns, I saw one and it ended up they had wings and I'm looking at them thinking, who is this? And they're flying. And then I 
I'm like, wait, I don't know if this is a unicorn. So I, so, you know, I, I come out of the meditation and because I haven't been, you know, connecting and a fan of unicorns up until now or anything, I was like, didn't even know what I was seeing. So I started Googling and I realized what I connected to is a Pegasus. So what is that? Can you talk about Pegasus consciousness? Because that's a very different energy that comes to me. Yeah, they, I mean, they are different. I see them as the cousins of the unicorns. So the Pegasians <laughs> began to bring their light in 2015. And up until that point, the unicorn healing system that was created, incidentally, with Hethkar and Princess and the other guides from 2009 on, up until that point, when we did the attunement ceremony, it was just unicorns that came in, the, the person's unicorn guides, and sometimes maybe the fairies would come in. And then from 2015, something really incredible started to shift. Not only was I feeling and seeing the Pegasians come in, but other people were too. And so much so, they were saying to me, you know, I, I've been dreaming of these wings like the days leading up to the achievement. And then in the achievement, sometimes they even were seeing them or sensing them sort of arcing the whole experience above their head. So I sat down with Hethgar and he said, yeah, the Pegasians are now coming in. They're bringing in. They want to come into the unicorn healing system and it won't be everybody that connects with them because the way that the Pegasus differ is they overlight the unicorns. It's not really a hierarchy of such the way that we think it in our limited human frame of thinking. They support the ecosystem of the unicorn realm. They keep the vibration really high and expansive. And so if somebody is here, if an individual, a beautiful soul is here to bring about great change within the earth or within their genetic ancestral line, they will tend to have a Pegasian guide as well as a unicorn guide. So a lot of people who come to Unicorn Healing are leaders. They're leaders. They hold a big space, whether that's something they're expressing out into the world or it's in their community or just in their family or within themselves. They have Pegasian guides. Sometimes they have a horn. Most often, though, they're winged horses. But they certainly have a, a similar vibration, I guess, to a unicorn. Wow. Fascinating. Thank you so much. Thank you. A couple of weeks ago, I was trying to make a decision and it was a really hard decision. It was just feeling really heavy about it. And uh, I was at the beach with my son, done a lot of praying, done a lot of meditating, still was not clear. And then we're walking and I was by myself and then he came up to me and then he took my hand and I was just like, oh, I just have to like play. Like I was just so upset and so, so thick the energy. And I was just like, right, like nothing's going to come through because I'm just so thick. You know, I'm so intense right now and I'm blocking it. So, you know, kids are so wonderful and that's so much of the gift of being in the presence. So I just like, you know, held his hand and we just started running in circles together, like holding hands and being crazy and wild. And all of a sudden he's like, mommy, what's that under your foot? And I'm like, what? And I look and it's a plastic pink Pegasus. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, thank you, Pegasus guide. And then, you know, I I knew what to do. (laughs) So it's, they will come to you people. Those people and I, but I just want to accentuate this idea that you you embody so much, Glista, in your work. Just this idea of if you feel like a workhorse, if you feel like there's no way you would ever in a thousand years be able to connect with your spirit team or a unicorn, you know, don't forget, you know, you might, you're just feeling your workhorse self that's been conditioned 
into you, but you inside, you are a unicorn. <laughs> yes, we are. We're rainbow rainbow warriors for sure. All rainbow warriors. I love that. <laughs> That's so bad, rainbow warriors. Well, I love in the book, you talk about the acronym and you said you've heard it before. I had never heard it before and I loved it so much. Maybe our listeners will, will have not. Fly. First, love yourself, which yeah. is just such an essential concept. And really, as seekers, as mystics, as students on the path of life, it's so important to love ourselves by plugging into source. And I just wanted to speak about that because I feel like, you know, love yourself. Like it's something that like a lot of people think they know. Like, yeah, I know. I love myself. Okay, self-care. And it's almost become like meaningless because we say that so much, you know. Mm -hmm. But when I heard that acronym, it really hit me. Fly. Like, you know, and it's like, and, and of course, it's the verb of the unicorn, fly, you know, and, and could you speak to this, please? Like as seekers, as mystics, you know, to me, one of the greatest forms of self-love and doing it first is like, I have to first connect to source. Mm -hmm. What would you mind speaking, what that means to you and how you do that? Oh, how I, how I connect to source, God, in multiple of ways, constantly. constantly. Or how do you love yourself first? Yeah. Either um, one or both. <laughs> yeah I mean it's, there's such amazing questions Kilkenny it's interesting because yeah self-love has kind of got this sort of sugary coating of you know give yourself a manicure or have a bath or give yourself a massage to me self-love is using your no a lot more and putting up boundaries and paying your bills and taking responsibility and loving yourself in the most darkest of time just saying to yourself you know no matter what I matter and I'm going to get through this and being compassionate to yourself like I've recently been going through quite a I guess a difficult time in certain life things going on like we're moving house of intimate relationship the kids are going through interesting times just you know just life <laughs> just normal life stuff I guess that were that were thrown and last night what came forward was and I think all the mothers and the papas will identify with this when we hold our children and we open up our hearts to them we can't put that into words we can't define that it's just it's that washing of pure unconditional love it washes over us it washes over them it washes in the environment so last night I was lying in bed and I just I took myself without even intellectualizing this into holding myself in that sheer state of compassion like I was holding myself as a mother holding our child so I was both mother and child and it really supported me. And for me right now, in this moment, that's what self-love is. And that's mm. that's now my practice is to be a mother and a lover to myself in that way. Oh, I have chills. That is so, so beautiful. And I just honor your vulnerability, you know, completely supported by strength for sharing that. And what a gift that teaching is. Really, really beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I have tears I'm like yeah it's so true though I just if the listeners take anything away from this it's just to be easy on yourself no matter where you are in your path and your life and it's just to be easy on yourself and open to compassion more 
just as other people see your gifts and your talent and your light, perhaps just open up a little window and start to see that and bring that into you. And Mm. oh my word, will everything shift in your life. And, you know, your guides and your angels and the unicorns are always there. But when you start to raise your consciousness and your awareness in that way, your connections with your guides and your angels will accelerate because you're seeing them more. You're bridging to them more. You're connecting with them as an equal, not as somebody that's less than, but you're an equal to them because you recognize your divinity. Mm. It's just really, really beautiful and profound and and true. And I love how you spoke of just, you know, that self-talk of, you know, you will get through this and that stance of compassion with oneself. Because for so many of us, that's really can be the hardest relationship mm. in the way of birthing and midwifing compassion. You know, and, and it's really only when we have the deepest compassion, I think, for ourselves on a really deep soul level that then really we truly have compassion for others at the deepest level of possibility for compassion. Not just like, oh, I feel sorry for someone, but that like deep, deep compassion that creates, you know, peace. Well, I think there's nothing more to say at all. (laughs) I was wondering if you might just punctuate this conversation with like a minute or two benediction or prayer or meditative moment so let's just take a moment to close our eyes and take a big breath and energy into our heart and allow our heart to expand as we open up perhaps more than ever before to the awareness and the presence and the love the kindness and the teachings of our guides and our angels and our unicorns who are ever around us and feel as you come into that awareness that you're just magnetically drawing them closer to you. Take a big breath in, let's draw them closer. Almost like friends sitting around a campfire, let's come closer to the fire. Sitting with them running with that analogy so we're sitting around the fire so close that our knees are touching angels unicorns dragons loved ones we're all here in sacred company sacred conversation sacred love and as we look to that fire let's envision that that fire is everything that we want to birth And we know in this moment that as we look to that fire, all of our guides and our angels are focused towards the becoming of our dreams and our purpose and our gifts. And they're feeling it through their perspective and their love. So let's just take a moment to understand that. Let that sink in. That our guides and our angels, your guides and angels and unicorns, are all focused on becoming the embodiment, you becoming the embodiment of your dreams. They're right there with you, friends. That was exquisite. Thank you so much. Perfect. We just need marshmallows now. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, I could feel the campfire. I didn't want to leave. <laughs> oh, Callista, you are such a source of so much wisdom. And um, I'm so grateful and uh, excited for our listeners who are my monthly members because she is offering 25% off her upcoming unicorn healing course to them. So podcast listeners, again, who are my monthly members, enjoy this gift from Callista. And thanks to you all for your membership, which really allows me to offer this podcast. If you want to support this podcast while supporting yourself, while flying, so to speak, and you aren't a monthly mystic member yet, head on over to my website, modernmystic.love, and get my entire yoga, meditation, and mystic hack video library, which includes all sorts of phenomenal discounts and free offerings from my guests as a monthly member, such as this most generous discount from Callista there. I've got a mystic hack video on there of how to do the automatic writing too. Yeah, this month I'm also offering um, astrological chart readings. I haven't announced that officially, but I've been doing them forever and I'm finally going public with those in addition to my coaching work. So to book one of those, you can head on over to modernmystic.love as well. Callista, where can folks find out more about you, this upcoming course, your books and your magical work you offer this world? Thank you so much for giving me the space to share. I would love if people would reach out and just share maybe your views of our discussion, what came up for you. If you head over to calistaascension.com, you'll find me there or the social handle Calista Ascension on Facebook, Instagram and also on YouTube. And Unicorn Healing is on my website under online courses and it begins May 20th. But if you come to this after that time, don't worry, you can still join. Just give me an email at callistaascension at gmail.com. Excellent. Well, Callista, thank you again for being here with us today and really for reminding us that part of our life's work is to continue to move through the seen realms into the unseen realms. And the beginning of that realizing is what's possible. So, so much gratitude to you for your wisdom and really for showing us just that, that the magic and support for our lives is possible. Oh, thank you, sister. Giving you a massive hug and everybody here. <laughs> thank you. Hugs and namaste. Thank you for taking these words in. I hope they ground inform and inspire you on your journey of the mystic path if you like what you heard please be sure to rate review and follow the show on apple podcasts spotify or whichever podcast platform you use it is so appreciated also check out my website modernmystic.love where you can find information about my very exciting monthly mystic membership my members have unlimited access to a robust video library, which includes short videos that are easily digestible, sharing practical ways to integrate mystical living into your day-to-day -day life. These compelling videos cover topics such as how to ground, protect, and grow your energy, how to develop your psychic abilities, how to connect to your spirit team, shadow work, inner child work, tarot cards, lots of Western astrology, of course, 
In addition to syncing up with the rhythms of nature and so much more, I've gotten so much positive feedback that these videos are game changers for folks. Also included in the membership are over 100 alignment-based yoga classes of all different levels, meditation and breathwork classes, so you can work from the inside out or the outside in and up level yourself as you become the next version of you. Not to mention my Mystic members get all sorts of bonus content and discounts from my visionary podcast guests. So check out modernmystic.love and take a peek there as there's a free sampling of some videos waiting for you. Lastly, if you are looking for some conscious conversation and compelling community, check out also our private Modern Mystic podcast Facebook group. Keep on meeting the present moment where the magic lives, one breath at a time. Namaste. Namaste.